so grateful and thankful to join together in this prayer of healing. We're opening ourselves to a healing, to a transformation, to a revelation of love. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We're relinquishing the thoughts that don't serve us anymore. We're opening our hearts and our minds to the truth. The truth is we are perfect love already, and we always have been, we always will be. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to recognize the freedom that already is. We're giving up the idea of there's something to get that we don't already have. We're grateful to hold this space for each other and for all those that we meet along the way. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen. Anybody have any revelations, ahas, insights, releases overnight? Tammy? <laughs> wow. I remember, Jennifer, you were saying that this is intentional. So what came to me, I discovered through all of this on day one, that everything that I did, allowed me to see the uncomfortability to be my new comfort. Yeah. And okay. I got in touch present with you that Jennifer played it full out to the maximum to make it, to allow it to be experienced in intensive, intense. But it's another word there too. Intensely. And it's another one. Intense. It's another one too. You know, okay. so many that I got in touch with. That I kept, yeah, I kept telling Carol because we kept. I, 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 I confess, I was complaining within this and stuff because I was having a struggle with the uncomfortability of this session and of this whole. If you if you see it, you can see it in another way. You can see it as a, a relaxing time, and you can see it on another way as intensity of our counselors because we're here to be counselors and this is a retreat for us and it's going to be intense. Everything that we do is intense. Even packing my bag was intense. So I can go on with that but that's what I got out of this. The intenseness of this retreat and you putting it on us because you were reaching in to get the big stop playing small. <laughs> that's what I got in touch with. And how do you feel about that? I feel good because he was talking to us as, as big people. Yes, that's right. He wasn't friend. treating us like small. No. You were treating that's us right. like, okay, go get it. Yeah. That's it. And that's, that's all right. you said. You just said straight to the point, boom, bam. You were talking to the bigger person in me. Yes. I got it. Amen, sister. Exactly. Have to say that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it is true. <coughs> that's it that's it it's not seeing little any littleness in anyone yeah oh well I had a dream last night and I told my husband I didn't want to cry 
Um, I had my girlfriend Dora, because she was with us. She was always with us. And we were somewhere, and she was with me, and I was taking care of her. And I left her for a minute. And I had to go either in the building or mm -hmm. whatever, because there's so many mm -hmm. rooms that were cleaned up. Terrifying. Yes, and I said, okay, God, what's the deal? And he said, you need to clean the entertainment section. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. present, <coughs> be aware, just pay attention to everything. Attention, pay attention. I think that's what it could be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, you know, I need to work on that. <laughs> and I did. You know, there's uh, a story that uh, read in the news, I think it was two years ago, maybe this summer, of a woman uh, after at the end of her day, her work day, she went out to her car and she found her child in her car seat in the car seat dead. She had forgotten her to take no. the child. No. She thought her husband took the child to the to school and dropped it off. Mm. And he just put it in the car? Something like that. I don't remember, but she didn't realize the child was in the car. Yeah, that's scary. She wasn't paying attention. Mm. Yeah. yeah, again, yep, yep, it's, it's interesting. Interesting. And it's happening. I wonder if they stick their heads in the ground. You know, <coughs> when I, I, I don't know why exactly, but I think of her at least once a month. Mm -hmm. And I say, mm -hmm. for all, her and all the parents right. the other that have just been overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. in their negligence caused her. And that they may be relieved of the guilt. Mm. I know it changes that your life. That would be a very good. It, it changes your whole life. Yeah, I I actually uh, had uh, someone I knew, not clo not a close friend, but a friend, who accidentally um, killed her friend's her daughter's child, <coughs> her friend, mm -hmm. her daughter's friend a nine-year-old girl. She backed over her in her car. Oh, oh. And the child died. Mm. We don't know mm -hmm. what anything is for, right. mm -hmm. except it's for our good. And uh, so for me, one of the things is to take everything that way, everything that way, right. no matter right. what it is. Right. Including Absolutely. the intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I yeah. still feel how I feel. I give myself per full permission to feel to how feel, I feel. feel yeah. And one of the things that I run in my head is when I say, you know, I know it's all good, but I don't like this. And then I have a little counseling session with myself and I say, what is it you don't like? You know, well, I wish it were different. But if you knew it was gently planned by one whose only mm -hmm. purpose is your good, what, why would you wish it be different? different. Right. Exactly. Why not be willing to accept the good that's here for you now? 
just move into the acceptance of the good that's here for you now. If you're pushing away the good that's here for you now, what makes you think you're going to accept the good that's coming later? Mm -hmm. right. If you're not in the if you're not willing to accept the good that's here now, mm -hmm. yeah. and then I don't I stop wishing it were different, mm -hmm. which is the most important thing, and I allow myself to experience and receive the good that's here now. My, I've said it many <coughs> times, my mom's long, slow death from cancer, which was very painful for her and no fun to watch, was one of the greatest gifts of my life because I had to work so much with my mind that I, I completely transformed my mind and my life and I had a complete feeling of this tremendous resentment that I had towards my mother and this guilt that I felt for not being more loving, and I let all of it go. Resentment and guilt kind of run together? It depends, but yeah. Still it seems. <laughs> you may not realize the guilt is there, but for me with my mom, I rent resented her so much, but then I felt so guilty that I treated her badly. And what did I resent her for? I resented her for not loving me the way I wanted her to love me. I resented her for her loving me the way that she could love me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, now I think, gosh, imagine if everybody resented me because I couldn't love them the way they wanted. You know, how much resentment would there be in the world from everybody in my life? Mm -hmm. why love is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Love is what we are. Yeah, I hope you felt that it was intensive, but not too intensive. Like not where you were really, where you're miserable all the time. <laughs> Service of serving men yeah. and accommodating the food and things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you remember it then. Mm -hmm. I met a young girl from Brooklyn before, but it was a young girl. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, she was coming on her 40th birthday, I think. So she looked young to me. Mm -hmm. um, from Brooklyn, and she was just here by herself. She was working in Charlotte, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, so we passed on some of your. Uh, <laughs> bookmarks told her about the program. She was just super interested because she was there for several months working, and so she's going to come back here, you know, at her time. So it was nice to be able to share, and she was very much on the same wavelength. But she lives in Brooklyn. Yeah. That's great. So she's working in Charlotte for several fun. months. Uh -huh. So that's great. It's nice to connect. <coughs> Excellent. Yeah. Spread the word. Yeah, but they, they are individual. Yeah. 
Steve, not to pry, but did, was there any feedback from Beth about her session? Um, really didn't discuss that much, but I think she got it all out of it. I really Good. do. I think it's really being him doing his other Good. That's good. Not talking about it is often a good thing. Something I'd like for us to talk about for a little bit here. Oh, first, uh, help me to remember, before you go out the door, many of you may wish to take photographs of the different, uh, to help you work with it in your minds. Um, we talk about this a bit in Masterful Living. I found it very helpful. We talked about it a little bit at the Stop Playing Small retreat. Uh, are, is, are anybody not familiar with the teaching on the five love languages? Okay. So there's a book called The Five Love Languages, and I'm not recommending the book. Uh, I haven't seen the book. It's For me, it's been plenty, but it might be something wonderful for you. For me, it's been plenty to go to the fivelovelanguages.com website and take the free quiz there. That free quiz takes about 15 minutes. I think it's a great thing to do with a friend or a loved one. Um, and what it does is it asks you all these questions to help you determine what are your primary love languages. Mm -hmm. So the people who wrote this book say that there are five primary love languages, and they are spending quality time together, uh, gifts, uh, acts of service, physical touch, and words of praise and appreciation. And uh, many people who have been married for a long time or known each other for a long time really still don't know what their loved mm -hmm. ones love languages are. And we think everybody's love languages yes. are the same as ours. So for me, my primary one is acts of service. Uh, my whole life is an act of service in a lot of ways, and that's how I express love. And when somebody says, let me do that for you, I'm like, oh, I feel <laughs> loved, I feel so loved. That's my love language. You're talking my love language now. And um, uh, when somebody like will never help me out, but they bring me a gift every day, I probably after a week of that, I'd throw the gift at their head and say, this is meaningless. How do you not know that? No, I'm kidding. But, but um, gifts is not a thing for me. I, I mean, I like to receive gifts, of course I do. But acts of service, quality time, physical touch, those are the primary ones. For me, if I were making a list of my love languages, I would not even include gifts, and I for sure wouldn't include praise or appreciation. They just don't, uh, they're not on my love radar. I value them, I enjoy them, but they don't, that to me is not love, it's something else. But quality time together, you know, Quality physical touch, snuggling, cuddling, 
you know, giving me a massage, holding my <laughs> hand, putting your arm around me. <laughs> yeah, rubbing my head, mm. these kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. That that those are those are the three yeah, things that yeah, do it for yeah, me. Yeah. And I what I've seen is much of the time married couples don't have the same loved one with them. Did you add anything? Did you cross those out? Nice to know your own loved ones. It is because oh, yeah. it's especially good because then you can let people know. Mm. You know, the best who knows the best way to let people know that they have communicated the love to you. <laughs> to tell them in a way that it's really clear. So the best way usually is like some combination of these things, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like for me with my sweetheart, I might put my arms around them and say, you did it, husband, big time. Mm -hmm. oh, I feel your love, mm -hmm. I feel it. Mm -hmm. I really got it and I'm, it, it feels so good. It makes me so happy. Like that, letting them know, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, so it's an expression. It's not just words. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just thank you. It's, or, oh, that was great. Thanks a lot. It's really like expressing it. That's when people get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like my nephew, Mikey, is just an unbelievable person. He's just amazing. And I know he loves to do certain things, like he likes to go to Manhattan and see a show or something like that. You know, do something out of the ordinary. He loves singing and dancing. Wow. But he also loves the Nintendo store, you know? And he wants to go in there and play all the new games and look at all the things. And that place to me is just out of a nightmare. Because it's, it's people yelling, it's people it's shouting, it's people running around, yeah. it's crowds, mm -hmm. and everything is flashing <laughs> and making noise. It's like the opposite of anything I would enjoy. But he can spend an hour in there, and so can I. You know, I can sit there and just keep an eye on him, and, and that's fine for me, and watch the people. But... He will always do this when I take him someplace. Like even if I just say, hey, let's go have frozen yogurt. He will pause and he will look at me and he'll like even put his hand on my hand or he will hug me and he'll say, thank you for taking me here. Thank you so much. He really goes out of his way to say thank you. And it comes so much from his heart, you know? And I, so I, I never think he takes it for granted for one second because he's always like, thank you for this. This is so great. Mm -hmm. And that's how we really know that we've hit the mark mm -hmm. because people can't hold it in. Mm -hmm. They have to express it. Mm -hmm. Their face is expressing mm -hmm. it. Their voice is expressing it. Their yeah. body's expressing yeah. it. You know, and nowadays, even though you may not, you might be on opposite sides of the country, you can FaceTime. Oh you can yeah. send a little video. We oh have yeah. all got 
the, the technology to do it, and we can do it. So one of the things that I encourage you to do in your relationships is become more expressive. Really, don't just take it for granted that people really get that you really appreciate your job. Even though they blow it off, you know, like my brother, in the wintertime, if I'm at his house, he'll shovel out my car for me. And I'm like, oh, Mike, thank you so much. And he's like, I'm a homeowner. That's what you do when you're a homeowner. <laughs> really, he can't. And I say, well, thank you, because, you know, yes, I'm a visitor. Yeah. I'm a visitor. And he, he's, and he's like, it's nothing. <laughs> but then I'll say a third time, well, it's not nothing to me. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much, you know. <coughs> so, uh, you know, even if they don't want to receive it, Give it to them anyway. Yeah, I think they do that. <laughs> but discover what their yeah. love languages yeah. are. Well, you know, my nephews, I know that, you know, even though they're 14 and self-absorbed, so the only, well, 14, well, 15 and 16 now, but um, it's like they're looking at that as like, if you don't give them gifts, you know, um, they're, they're, they don't want to spend quality time with anybody. They definitely don't do acts of service. They don't know you know, <laughs> they're, they're just, they're definitely sports, sports, school sports, you know, TV, games, that kind of thing. Um, you know, the custom would be unusual. Mm. You know, so, I mean, if, if, if we miss gifts, they'd be like, hey, you know. <laughs> and to me, that's the most, you know, I mean, of course, I, I have an opinion on that, but I'm like, hmm. Well, that's how, if that's a love language that's actually listed, <laughs> maybe start speaking their language. Because it's not my. That's right. It's not my thing to go and give people gifts to let them know that they're loved. It's like the other stuff is there. Right. You know. Um, yeah. <coughs> Act of service, touching, praise, quality time, doing stuff together. You know, um, gifts that you you know okay once in a while for someone's birthday, but not because it's Christmas, Easter, birthday. That's what these boys expect mm. actually. Mm. Stepping into their world a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big expensive gift. It can be just that one that's really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Well, that takes me to the third thing. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it is the opposite. I'm the worrier and it's my slave, and I, I love my job either, which is great because it kind of stresses me. But I feel like my quality time is with sending emails. Posting, or writing gifts, like, you know, so I'll look at them, he likes an espresso, and so then he hands me some, and I write reply, and I, I choose it, and so I feel complicated, or, you know, yeah, he's really good about sending things, so one time I went away, I just booked our interview on, on the cloud, and stuck it in my head, and he's like, so I got his favorite mug, and I sent him a text, and I, like, it's, a, it's, it's sometimes they're, like, they don't cost anything, or for him, he's had gifts where it also likes surprises, so it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It could be like, which is a new one I haven't tried. Right. Which is on my mind to do is to invite friends over, and he doesn't, and he's really social, and he gets really extroverted, and I not so much. <laughs> so he likes to socialize with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, you know, if you organize having people over without me knowing, that would be a nice gift. And I was like, wow, you guys are really impressed. He's telling you. Yeah. So yeah, I was asking, trying to tell him. 
Yeah, I think uh, two two weekends ago, I, I went uh, away with a friend, and she had in her suitcase, uh, she discovered a card from her husband uh, that said, um, dinner's on me, and it had a hundred dollars in it. Aww. And it, That's uh, sweet. Yeah, we went out and had a got That's drunk so and found nice. some other guys, and <laughs> it was great. Party, what a weekend. You would put that card in your wife's suitcase? Is that the picture? That was while we get drunk. Yeah, so um, do you know your husband's love language? Do I? Yeah. Is it the sex? Yeah. Did you know it before? Mm, pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. Long time. But, and there's a difference, though, the, between having a sense of it and being clear about it. Mm -hmm. I make sure that I hug and kiss him yeah. several times during the day. He just loves that. He just loves it. And he misses it if I don't. He feels like almost disconnected. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mine for sure. And I, I've, yeah, and I've learned to, my, my whole family knows, I don't care if he gifts, but give me a weekend away. Give right, me exactly. Lunch give out. Me the gift of give quality. Time. Exactly. I'm the same. So my way. daughter and I will go out to lunch on Mother's Day. We'll find a, a day, either the Saturday before Mother's Day or whatever, and we just have our time. We'll shop and have lunch and do girly things. And I would so much rather that than somebody giving me, you know, just go on a trip or go out to dinner or you know make a, a tiny. Yeah, definitely. just also say because this just keeps coming to me my friend sherry you know sherry yes i do her mom passed away and um there was a, a sometime later six months later whatever it was there was a, she did a, had a memorial service it was a big deal she put a lot into it people came from different places i flew in for it and um and then she had um a um like a reception in her home mm -hmm. with food and all of that. And it was, you know, a big deal. A lot of people, people literally came from different parts of the country who'd known her and her mom a long time. And so it was friends and family. And um, 
and she's one of my best, she's like my best friend. And um, so I was, the last track we were all supposed to be out the door. So towards the end, when it was just the last 20 people or so, um, I could see how tired she was. And I, I, I just, I grabbed a chair and I said, just sit here. And you know, cause everybody was standing. There wasn't room for everybody to sit. So I said, you sit. And we're all just standing around. She said, yeah. And so, and then I just, my intuition was to just start to, to just pet her like this, right? Which I have never done in my life before to her. You know, I do it to, to sweethearts or my niece, my nephews, but I've never done it to, to her before. And so I was just doing that. And it's, it's such a, I don't know if you've ever had anybody do that to you when you're stressed or, you know, it's been an intense time. It, it has, it, it, it affects uh, the, your nervous system in a really positive way. Like if you have a child who's having trouble getting to sleep or something like that. You know, I'll do that with Mikey if he's all amped up, you know, and then he falls asleep real fast. And he loves it. He's just like, oh, he doesn't hear me. <laughs> you know, and so she, she immediately started to, she, she just, after like three or four strokes, she just was like, I just didn't know how to do that. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it, you, you know, sometimes when someone is really vulnerable or having a hard time, you can... Um, intuitively, just if you're open, what else can I do for him? You know, I I um, I had a guy friend once, even who, and I did this with a a, a friend, a girlfriend too, grown up people, where they were really going through something, really like they were crying and really having a hard time, and I just said, just put your head here. And like my guy friend, he was like, really? And I said, yeah, just go ahead. Just That's what it's for. Just put your head here. <laughs> and he did. You know, we were sitting on the sofa, and he just kind of, you know, le leaned over, and he just put his head there. And, you know, I stroked his head, and he cried, and he got it out, you know, and he felt better. And it was totally platonic. It was not, you know, it was really, I mean, not every, if you're really close to someone, you can actually extend that physical touch in ways, you know, that it, it could be like, um, you know, let me massage your feet. When my mom was um, so sick and, um, and suffering so much, uh, I would give her a facial every morning and every night because she went through this thing where she was taking these drugs to do her moon face. You know what moon face is? horrible. It's your face just blows up like mm. a pumpkin oh and your everything gets super stretched and it just is really hideous and it's so hard on your skin. And so she had had that moon face experience twice and it was just really had, had was so hard on her skin. So I just, I would give her, I have this really great organic, <coughs> you know, really nice spa product. So I gave her a facial every night because you, I'm a wash my face person, you know, morning and night. I cleanse my face. And so I gave her a facial morning and night. And, and then I extended that to massaging her arms and her hands and soothing her feet and her legs with, you know, quality 
lotions and oils and essential oils that I make little mixes of and sometimes we would talk and sometimes we wouldn't you know and sometimes we would be in that space like um, a child and a mother is where you're just gazing you're just eye gazing lovingly mm -hmm. and we would just be in that symbiotic you know mother-child gazing and um, you know it was such a gift to both of us because she was totally willing to receive it all, 100%. And I was totally willing to give it all, 100%. And, but I had never been intimate touching like that with my mom before that. You know, and it was great, too, because it, it actually prepared the way for when I had to start wiping her bottom and stuff like that, that we already had this physical intimacy. So... Like there was a God plan that I didn't even know about that made that more, it was still hard for her the first time I had to wipe her bum, but it wasn't hard for me, it was totally fine for her. So, I, I just think that we can expand and be more touching with people, mm -hmm. you know? Like we can hold hands with our friends, you know, we can put our arms around our friends. Sometimes I think it, it, we live in a world where, you know, it's, it's, we're living in the Me Too world and, you know, all these different things are happening and people are coming out of the closet and if I hug my lesbian friend, what does that mean? If I'm, you know, like, if I'm cuddling with my gay friend, what does it mean? You know, all this stuff. But I think we can, we can find our way through it to be authentic and to be more expressive of love. And always, if we're touching someone to share something, not to get anything back, then it's clean. <laughs> there still might be some confusion, but if we're really clear I, I have found there's not confusion yeah so this this is a gift we give to ourselves but it's also maybe you want to read that book and learn more about it to help your clients yeah it's an easy read Mm-hmm. Probably a huge portion of it is the quiz, but you can do the quiz online. And they also have one that I haven't really looked at. Well, I looked at it, but it didn't really strike me as something for me to really pay much attention to. But there are, they did write another book called The Five Forgiveness Languages. Mm -hmm. So it can be <coughs> a huge relief, like a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Were you going to share something, Steve? No, I was just going to turn your attention. Did, did you read the book? The five yeah. languages of A lot forgiveness. of them, right? Yeah. Five languages of forgiveness. Oh, sorry, no, the five languages of forgiveness. Five. I didn't know the five languages. Yeah. Uh, when I was part of the Agape community, which I was for many years, uh, I uh, would find that there there were quite a number of men that wanted to hug me, and that you know you you quickly learn like yeah I'm not letting that guy hug me anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and um, even some of the ministers you know that want to hug you and kiss you and it's like uh no i don't think so you know and um and i remember saying to my prayer partner who is a very very attractive man extremely attractive man big strong handsome 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 man and uh, he started the men's ministry at agape and uh, when, he, when he first started that men's ministry, and we were prayer partners, we were praying every day together, I said to him, dude, I, I just ask you, please, can you have a conversation with the men about the hugging? You know, the hugging women, it's when it's inappropriate and you're trying to get something, you know, ixnay on that. You know, that's that is not, that's not, that's not spiritual. That's grabby and gropey and I don't like it. And it's, it's pervasive you know, at agape. And hugging is great. I like hugging my spiritual friends, my the men and the women. But I don't want to have to be like, oh, I can hug this one, but not that one, you know? Mm-hmm. I said, can you please have a talk with these men? And he said, well, I'll talk to the men if you talk to the women. It was like, do you have any idea how many women come hugging and kissing on me and I don't like it? So really, he said, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot. I didn't realize. He said, yes. Yes. (laughs) So. I'm in the name of spirit. Yeah. Those who unconsciously doing stuff. Uh, I don't know. It felt kind of conscious to me. Yeah. (laughs) Because they'd see you and they'd go, oh, I I can get a good hug off of that one. Like, no, you can't. No, you can't. You're hugging in a protective way. Like, uh, stay there. You hug with your hand like this. Yeah. (laughs) This is between you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you hug like Melania and Donald. thinking I'm a nudie model he's a billionaire it's the perfect combo is she a nudie model mm-hmm. that's what he was talking about and this is when he was dating her and he was broke half the time yeah that's what she did to see <laughs> <laughs> he played one up and he was a, you know he was on TV for a really long time he's a big TV star and I know that was more TV star really yeah you were fired. Fired. The apprentice. Oh, that's right. For a How could I forget that? I never watched it, but I knew it. Did you ever have kids together? We had one. Barry. 
Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> kissing and hugging. Really good thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's going to rain again. So, the blocks that you personally have to be a successful spiritual counselor, and by successful I mean effective, effective. Because in terms of, remember I told you that when I, did I tell you? I can't remember now. I don't know if I told you this. When I started out as a spiritual counselor, I said I do not want to see any clients at all. Yeah, I just told you that. Yeah, I really, I really didn't want to sit with clients. I really, I really thought in my mind that is the opposite of what I'd like to do. I'd like to stay away from those people and not talk with them. Literally, how can I repay money not to have to do this? But I, it's been a great gift to me, and I, I feel so blessed now to be able to do that, and. Now I can see that why I felt the way I did was truly because I did not feel worthy. I did not feel worthy of anyone's confidence or that I could support anyone or be helpful to anyone. Because I thought I have to do something. I have to have the magic power. And I don't, I know I don't have the magic power. So why would I pretend that I do. I, I learned a long time ago, pretending is not a good thing for me. Just be clear, I don't have it. I'm not, not, don't, don't put myself in that position. It's too nerve-wracking to try to pretend I'm something I'm not. I used to do a lot of that, and it just, I finally decided out of self-love, I'm not gonna be pretending anymore. So my confidence literally came from my willingness to be loving, to just sit and love the people who are sitting in front of me, to not judge them and love them fully, even though I just met them, maybe. And even though I've seen them do all kinds of crazy things, even though they're kidding themselves, even though they're uh, actively trashing their life, I can still love them fully and have complete compassion for them. So, do you feel, how do you feel about doing that for people? How do you really feel about doing that? Well, you can do that with help with the practice, so. Yeah. So there you go. You're willing to practice? Yeah. I'm yeah. been willing, I mean, that's yeah. my practice in general, but yeah. to really just drop the crap, you know, or even remember to remember to do it. That's right. You know, because sometimes you can just forget mm -hmm. to practice, you know, like, oh yeah, right, that's one of those times, like, not me wanting to be diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you get out of the story and really trust the spirit to do an action. Yeah. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that huge story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I still don't feel um, completely sure that, you know, I can put it all, or um, 
Yeah, and with your partner, obviously with our significant others, we'd like to be helpful to them <coughs> and to be a good counsel to them from time to time, but it's far more effective for them to find their own counsel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a point. I mean, I have been asked <coughs> a lot to come to counsel now, mm -hmm. and I have kind of seen him as my teacher. Yeah. Um, but that's not working that well for you. Yeah, maybe maybe that's part of the problem that we have. Absolutely, and, and that's and different, really. That's sharing. Yeah. yeah. In a, in, but being his teacher and being his counselor, it would be good for him to have somebody else. Yeah. I, I, I am going to yeah. try and counsel him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Developing a counselor, you can still use your skills to listen. Okay, yes, whatever. And, it, and in fact, I think one of the best skills that we learn with you is not to give advice on everything mm -hmm. and to ask for it. Um, and you know, I think that is a crucial thing. But I try not to, but you know, sometimes succumb mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I just, I would like to just be able to be at the point where I just, mm -hmm. you know, just don't give advice to people who don't ask for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, maybe um, Steve would like to practice and you could hook Mark and Steve up if Mark's looking for a male counselor. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that was my next question. <laughs> do you encourage that type of thing within, within the group here? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was saying yesterday is that all the people who are listed on the website are actively looking to get their hours. Some of them have already got all their hours, um, but they're still there because they haven't <laughs> finished all the requirements. Um, and, um, but there are folks who uh, have gone through the intensive who haven't, uh, aren't in the certification program. So, uh, and they uh, still counsel each other and things like that. So, yeah, if you, if you felt a real connection with someone here that you'd like to keep counseling with, reach out to them. I would encourage you to do that for sure. And, and would that count as a counseling hour or could if you're in the certification, certification program, yeah. yeah. And then 
uh, once you're in the certification program, we give you the, the forms so you get your evaluations if that's required, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm open, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm open. Yeah. And me too. I'm already signed up. Yeah, that's right. Oh, good for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. I do sign up about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel just the way Patricia has been mm -hmm. talking to you. <laughs> I'm not sure I can. <laughs> it is nothing to me. Yeah, the main thing I would encourage everyone to do is to continue with your own work as a client. I mean, that's why, I mean, I meet a lot of ministers and teachers who they don't, they don't get any support. They don't get counseling. And um, I see that it looks like they could benefit from it. So. My son actually counseled me on Because Jean, my friend who counseled me, she saw me as more serious and, and trying to help me. Is he a minister? No. He's just a very aware young man who is on his path and loving it. And so just be a part. I wish Jesus knew how many kids he just made in his heart. <laughs> but you'd have to be perfect, so he's <laughs> going to tell you. <laughs> but yeah, he does, you know. Actually, all my children tell us very straight. They don't pull any punches with the, my husband and me. They don't go there with their mouth full of honey. That's good. It's good. Oh, it is. Wow. Oh, yeah, they oh. tell you. They don't let much go by. No, 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 no. Because my parents, no, they've got five kids, and not one of us can be honest with Oh, really? Children. No, my kids tell us what it's like and yeah, real fast. Real fast. No, yeah. So we, yeah, we're we're very open with each other. We try really hard <coughs> not to triangle with each other. Like you know, if my daughter tries to tell me something about one of my sons, I just say, "Well, you better tell me." Tell me, you know, that kind of thing. So we're, we're doing pretty good. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yes. And uh, it is. We're we're open. We're very open. Now. Richard was talking about that we should take pictures of all the stuff around the room to remember. And if we didn't write it all down, yeah, I took really if we didn't write it all down, we would, oh yeah, so. <laughs> How many do we have now? Oh, yay. Well, he doesn't look like that. Oh, he looks so sweet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's my line. This is what mine looks like. Mm -hmm. Nina, it's okay, I'm sure. This is something that's it's very helpful to you as a counselor, is to understand the difference between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. So I do talk about it in class, but um, it bears um, review to me. So sympathy uh, is... Uh, most often we think of sympathy when someone has died, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what is the energy of sympathy? Like if, 
how would you use, if you, maybe it's not a word you use very often, but if you were going to use it in a conversation, in a situation, how would you use, how would you tell someone, I said that you had sympathies? I would say, I would say I uh, sympathize. I am sorry with the death, that there was a death. I'm sorry for your losses, mm -hmm. and I can um, sympathize with you. I can feel your pain. And uh, if someone was in sick in the hospital, I would say um, I can um, understand. I'm sorry, too, that you Can you can you hear her? I, I okay. I mean, it, it is not because I'm hard of hearing. It's there's there's a tendency for some people to speak really softly, mm -hmm. and it's you know, um, and if you were in a small group like this and you can't even hear each other, you know, like I'm, and I know, I mean, it, I can hear. It's just like I can't hear. Um, like a, a lecture, like way over there, you know. So, um, so say, yeah, I can, I can, I was almost going to say something, but I don't, I don't want to keep saying. Yeah. Up. I, I also, it's the microphone too. I, I'd like the microphone to be able to pick up things. So, because you're making a good point. So, if you can mm -hmm. just make it a little louder, Emily. Mm -hmm. Well, just like people not being like being as incapable. Just like, oh, it's like, I'm so sad for you, and I pity you. It really is. It, it's like, oh, Right. Feeling sorry for somebody. Yeah. And what, from what we know as a spiritual person, is that helpful to them? Yeah. Mm -mm. I don't think so. <laughs> I was speaking to a man. No, you have to speak to I was speaking to a man who was homeless, and he said to me, he goes, oh, I know some people look at me and they think, oh, they don't have it so bad. And that, to me, you know, and I, I, I don't know whether I said it to him, but in my head I was thinking, if I don't feel like that, you know, and I thought I could have said that to him, it would have been helpful. But, you know, that was, that to me, that story or that interaction yeah. reminded me of that. When I think of the word sympathy, <coughs> I think of the word pathetic. <laughs> okay. So when someone is pathetic, mm. what is our thought about them? We're sorry that you had okay. it. Worthless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Left them. Hopeless. Struggling. Mm -hmm. We're beyond help. And we're mm. very isolated. Mm. We're beyond help. Mm -hmm. Help for you. Mm -hmm. We're, we're done. Mm -hmm. Pathetic. Right. 
But what does the sin part mean? Just trying to remember. Uh, like, what's that? That's a phrase, right? Yeah. Does it mean together or nothing like that? I I would, you know, if you think of words, I don't know the answer to your question, but I think of words like symbiotic. Mm -hmm. Right. Like together or parallel or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking if I were to. Because of the fact that P-H-T-H-Y comes from the Latin word for to suffer? I don't know. Me either. Mm-hmm. And they use it as the P-H-T-Y to suffer. Yeah. 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 But it comes from the Latin <coughs> word to to suffer. So to be compatible is to have the ability and the pleasure to do it. Oh. I share your suffering. Is that kind of what it would be? Is that basically what people are trying to express mm-hmm. when they say the sympathy part? Yeah. I understand how you feel and I'm, I'm there with you kind of. I mean, I think that's what people want to mm-hmm. express. You know what I mean? I don't know whether. I mean, if you said get around to empathy cards, it's for compassion cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be better. So 
commonly, when people are telling you, I'm suffering, like if you were saying, I'm really suffering, I'm really struggling, my grandmother's died, and I feel like I'm gonna miss her the rest of my life, and I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by how much I miss her, and you, and I say to you, but just think how long she lived, just think how great, you had all these years with her, I didn't have that many years with my grandmother, like you're lucky, <coughs> then you're, you're gonna be like, F you, I am not feeling lucky right now, I just told you I feel miserable, and you're telling me, hey, look at this good thing, stop looking at the bad thing, look at the good thing, it's gonna be so disrespectful to how you feel right now. And that's a very common thing that happens, especially when somebody dies. The vast majority of people don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. They just avoid mm -hmm. saying anything. Mm -hmm. They actually avoid the person altogether. Mm -hmm. Like what they have is gonna be catchy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, and I know yeah. like my, when I was in junior high school, my best friends, one of my best friends, her, uh, uh, from a few years before, we, ha we weren't as close anymore, but her brother died in a motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what to say to her. So I just didn't say anything. And years later, she said, why didn't you ever say anything to me when my brother died? And I was just like, I didn't know what to say. I had no idea. You know, I was, whatever, 12 years old, and I was just like, I don't know. You were 12? Something like that. What to say? I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I'm sorry, I mean, that just sounds lame. It does sound it lame. It does. It does sound lame, but you know, that's the thing is, because clients will come to you with their suffering and you can't, you cannot do a spiritual bypass, mm -hmm. and you can't say, but let's look for the pony. You can't do that. It, it not, you have to deal first with the how feeling. they're feeling, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So this is why we're talking about sympathy, empathy, and compassion. So sympathy, energetically, to me, it feels like, oh, you're looking down on them from your mm -hmm. high place and going, oh. Your life you. sucks. Dear you, yeah. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> and it's just not helpful. And if we empathize with people, because I'm extremely empathic, so mm -hmm. what I did for a long time and what I did when I first started counseling people <coughs> was I would become empathically entrained with them so that I could feel what they were feeling and then I could use that feeling and decode it, literally, I would then take that energy and I would search for the cause of it. I would feel for the cause of it. I can't really explain it better than that. Mm -hmm. But I would feel for the cause of that feeling. And then I had some clue of how to talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. And so I would become empathetically entrained with them. Mm -hmm. And then, so I would be feeling what they were feeling empathic and I realized fortunately not too long after I started counseling this is not helpful there's no benefit to me feeling your, their pain that's not good for me mm -hmm. so I learned I don't need to feel their pain I don't need to be in agreement with the cause of their pain I can sit and ask spirit what am I to say, to do, to be helpful to them. I don't have to understand all the root causes of it. I don't have to. 
that spirit will give me whatever is helpful to me in helping them <laughs> and helping myself. And that was a huge learning for me. And then compassion is the healer because compassion is love. Compassion really is love. It's loving understanding. And that's healing. Because love is really the only healer. Mm -hmm. And uh, why is love the only healer? Because love is what we are. The only problem that we have is we think we're something other than perfect love. So all expressions of love are maximal. That's what the Course says. All expressions of love are healing. Right? So that you can't love somebody a little bit. All expressions of love are maximal. So compassion is loving understanding. It's deeply healing. When someone says to us a compassionate expression, it can be like this. I frequently will say to a client, I I really I get that you are deeply suffering. And I also, I can't even really understand it. I've never had a child. My child didn't die. My spouse didn't die. I've never been married. I can't really understand what you're going through, but I can totally get that this is really challenging for you. I get that you're feeling uh, completely lost in this moment. And what I can say is I, I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. Not to change you or to fix you, but to mm -hmm. support you and to help you through this. And I will be here for you. So that's that's loving, that's compassionate. But it's it's I, I I totally understand what you're saying, that somebody coming to you and saying, um, that, you know, I'm sorry for your loss could feel depending on how they say it, it could be like oh, now you're suffering, and now I'm supposed to help you. Um, and Because some people will come, and they think that <coughs> the thing I can offer you is I can be suffering too. If you're suffering, I'll join you there. We'll both be suffering. And then you'll feel better because you won't be alone. But it doesn't make us feel better. It doesn't. I mean, if you're drowning... Do you want a drowning person to help you? No, no you don't. No. You want well, someone who's in a boat who can pull you in the boat. Because yeah. it's true. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I had a colleague who mm -hmm. she was drowning. Mm -hmm. She just was, she was just like so many people were coming by, but they were crying around me because I think that's the other thing. You know, people don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. Some of them might say, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about, you know, your husband." And then they tell me so many things. I don't expect her to say something mm. or do something. <laughs> After a while, just be like, oh, but they're saying I'm so sorry. Just like, they don't know that. You know, they don't know for them to between you. Yeah. For it to talk to you like a person, not a right. person who's yeah. got this, you know, huge mm -hmm. yeah. kind of, <coughs> it's already heavy enough, you know, in itself. Mm -hmm. um, so she used to just try and ignore people around her, but it was mm. yeah. painful. You can ask, like, how are you doing? Is it like this? You know, it's just, it is a different energetic, really. And I, oh, sorry. I don't know if this is, you know, I always think we should do this on a counseling session, but this happened to me in softball very recently when I was in a nurse in the clinic. 
and a solution meant to, I don't know why she came up with something physical, but she started talking. And then she started talking about probably one of the most horrific life stories I had, had ever heard. You know, abuse, sexual abuse, her husband getting her up, getting her out of the house, locking her out of her own home. And it, it went on, the story went on and on and on and on and on and on. And I'm just like, oh my God, has anybody lived through this? Literally, it was horrific. And I think she might have had cancer and now she was dying. I mean, it just went on and on and on and on. I was like, holy crap. And then she says, and the reason I'm here is because, and so I followed her, and she goes, because I, I want to go and, and, uh, and I will, on top of this whole story, she adds on the fact that she just had a stillborn birth. And I, and I mean, honest to God, I'm listening to the story, and my eyes were just open, and I just burst out laughing. I went, oh my God, are you kidding me? And, and I just, and she started laughing. And it just, brought, I mean, but I, mean, I wouldn't suggest this, but it just <laughs> happened. I'm like, I mean, all, your whole story was enough. And now you're telling me you're here because you just had a stillborn? And she's like, yeah, I know, isn't that crazy? I'm like, I'm beyond, you know? And, but we both ended up like having this release of laughter. Mm -hmm. She ended up, she ended up going to the temple to, and then I said, well, go, why don't we just yeah. go to the temple? She had to name the baby, go to the temple, talk to Buddy Baba and, and, and name the baby and do what you have to do. But I mean, the, the whole thing was just like, bang, it was like, it was so much that the only way to yeah. come out of that was like, you've got to be fucking kidding. Mm -hmm. And I just like burst out, I just like burst out laughing. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, Sorry that's a really strong. Okay. People do that at weird times. <laughs> the only ones who are listening to this are you folks. So. Oh, I see. You know, so, um, <laughs> yeah, but that was crazy. Thank you know. God you could laugh. Thank God you did. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the pressure like, was just crazy. The, pr I mean, I was, the pressure, because she pressure. had been talking for like an hour. It yeah. wasn't oh, even yeah, like yeah. even 20 minutes. Or th it was like the story just, I'm like, I'm like, and then I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, so mm -hmm. anyway, mm -hmm. it's what happened, and she's, she ended up laughing mm -hmm. and as well. And then we got back to, okay, we'll go. I think maybe just go to the temple. Jennifer, thank you for, I know during my time of sister. I know during my time of sorrow with my sister, um, when it had just happened, um, people would come, family members and friends would come to me and say, um, can I pray with you? And I'm saying, no, I don't need prayer right now. Can, can I talk to, can I follow your ear? And um, some will say yes. And then some will die immediately when I talk to them, they begin to pray. I said, no, I don't need prayer. Could you stop? My cousin, I know she got offended. But I was telling her, she just, I, I called you to talk to you about it, not pray, because I don't need prayer right now. I need to, I just heard, I need to share. Yeah. Can I share? She didn't know how to do that. Yeah. Hmm. And so I didn't really, it took about two or three days later, you know, according to how they do, according to what mindset I was in, especially if I was like in, you know, like, Somebody I call because I call someone mm -hmm. and then they'll say like, "Oh my goodness, you know I'm so sorry, Tammy. What can I do for you? What is it that I can do for you?" Right. I said, "Well, right now, um, you can I can have your ear, and then the, then I may say, well, and you can really pray for me, you know, like that, and then or they will come on the phone and they will say, um, I just you know don't know what to do right now, and I will say, well, there's nothing to do.'" So you can just be here 
she did or couldn't talk about it. Yeah. She couldn't. She'd break up crying. Right. She'd be unable to handle that question. Just unable. Or I want to know if you like it here. I just feel like telling about how you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it could be <coughs> it could be any number of things. Mm -hmm. So it could be that the person asking is just asking to make conversation. But what's their real intention? Is their intention to connect mm -hmm. in in a way that has some meaning, but perhaps is not um, very close or intimate because we're just coworkers. How are you doing? You doing okay? Great. Okay. How are you doing? You know, <laughs> like just checking in. You know, saying, "I'm here, but I'm you know I'm not going to hug you, mm -hmm. but I'm here. I care." Sometimes it's just to relieve their own sense of guilt mm -hmm. that someone is suffering in their purview that they don't know how to handle it. And the only thing they've got is, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. But there are times, there are many times that I have felt that uh, if I ask somebody, how are you doing, their feeling is going to be, I've answered that question 20 times today, and I just don't want to answer it again. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So you have to feel out what's really going on with that person before you ask, how are you doing? You know, sometimes you can just make a statement. You can say, you're in my prayers. I want you to know you're in my prayers. If you, if there's anything I can do to support you, I'd like to be able to do it. Sometimes I was thinking like a social security, because I feel like so many times people they get the opposite. You know, like that colleague that just came back mm -hmm. after work, and it's like, hey, it's social security, because I think they're afraid that everyone's gonna run away. Like, right. Oh my God. Like they're you know, like, it didn't say it yeah. to me that time because then she's only gonna stop blaming. Right. Or that she's. I think she might have shared with me. Right. But um, I feel like that's a nice thing to say to people. Right. Uh, it, it's it's obviously a self aid thing in the moment, mm -hmm. but it feels good to me just at times. Yeah. Like when I know that they sense it in the gut and then it's. What was that again? It's a it's a feeling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we had a neighbor of ours. Their son died, and she was in rural service, and she was somebody everybody loved. Loved her, they were poor, and they were a precious family. However, when we went to the, I was a little uncomfortable because when we went to the funeral home to pay our respects uh, to the viewing, it, it's as if they turned everything around. And this woman, I mean, she's adorable, I love her, but she almost didn't allow us to have sympathy or compassion or empathy. She would just turn around, how are you, honey? That, right. Like, she just, and I was like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, she was so fine. I, 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 I didn't know what to do with that, in a sense. I mean, I hugged her, and I told her I loved her, because I do. We sing choir together at Christmas time and stuff at our church. But, you know, it's almost as if we weren't, like, there was like almost no room for our empathy or compassion or love to be communicated. They almost 
did, like they jumped the gun and uh, 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 you know what I mean? Like they're ministering to us now. Mm-hmm. Instead, and I, I just, I didn't know what to do with that. I just mm-hmm. was, a, I couldn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I still really don't. Mm-hmm. Because I d- were they just handling it so well mm-hmm. that, I mean, I still don't know, you know what I mean? I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Because they just turned it around. And instead of being the receivers, they were being kind and everything, compassionate to everybody else that was coming. And I, I don't know. All right. I don't know so how to interpret that. I'm going to invite you to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes and go back to that moment. Okay. And just... You can, in your mind's eye, mm-hmm. you know, hear yourself speaking to her, talking to her, walking up to her, and her reacting. And just ask your higher self, her higher self, what was really going on in there? any sense of it? No, uh, other than that they had been prayed up and had that they were probably okay at that point. I don't know how, but she's an extremely strong woman spiritually. Very, she's got a very deep faith. Um, and so they may have just been beyond that really hard place and had come to an acceptance and really were totally okay because they ministered to everybody else. They seriously did. I I don't think it was fake. I don't think it was because they're not that kind of family. They're a precious, wonderful family. So, but it just, it threw me. It just did. You know, it just did. So, I mean, I don't think they were not sincere. I think they were totally in their feelings and had more than likely dealt with it together as a family. And by the time the viewing came, those those several hours, um, they were able to receive. I mean, they received our love and our hugs and our whatever. But it was just very different. It was a very, very different dynamic. And some people who are used to giving are uncomfortable receiving. I thought when you first told us about it, they weren't very receptive. And now you just said that they could receive it. Oh, yeah. They're warm and friendly and sweet and very sincere. So there is, you know what I mean? I don't think there was any facade. I really don't. So the only thing I can make of it is that they had done their, whatever healing they needed, had been done because they know how to pray. They, they together are a very deeply faithful family. They just are. And this young man was precious. Everybody loved him. He ministered to everybody as this young fella in school. The guy, the, all my boys knew him. You know, everybody in the neighborhood knew him. They loved him. And he was just, just a giver. Well, his mom was the same exact way. So they really sincerely were that way. 
And so they just ministered to everybody else. And I'm, you know, I really do believe it was sincere. It just was the first time I had ever experienced that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to know what's going on with people, but it also mm-hmm. could be that they're so used to ministering to other yes, people that they could just fell that. into They knew that. how to do it. They yes. had to do it. And right. they, they, could be. they squeezed out of them. That could be that. Yes. You're right. You're right. That's what it was. Um, and so with my mother, um, because I was caring for her before she died, and I thought it was amazing why I did not um, feel, you know, like I did with my sisters. Like my sisters were like, oh my God. But with my mother, it was like, you know, I had built up a, a strength to accept because I was with her, you know, during her process and this and that, but, and I wasn't with her when she died, but I was the oldest one. I had to make a decision to take off the breathing machine and all of this stuff. So I had already accepted that I liked, you know, I didn't want her to suffer anymore, and I had to think the way that she would think. So I had to be really strong with myself and know who, you know, with this time. And so I was able to bury her, make arrangements and everything with that, you know, but I would um, cry. But it wasn't like a, you know, like that, a boo-hoo, you know. It was like a comforting cry because I know she went on. I know she would want whatever she, I needed to get her what she needed done. And that was my focus. And I was able to um, stand up and go and pick out the cast, everything, you know, all the stuff and bring my support with me, my cousin. So I was able to, um, you know, because we had two barriers, two um, memorial service, one in Florida and one in where she lived. And I was able to, um, you know, stand up and be very, you know, because it was like a going away thing for me. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how that came, but I know I just had a peace to do it. And I, and everybody was looking at me like, you know, I didn't really have like when we go, like if you've been to a black funeral, <laughs> and you have the um, someone escorting you in. I didn't have anyone escorting me in. It was just me going in, and the others was behind me. And I just said, well, wow, why is nobody escorting me? You know, like that, right? And it was like, I said, you know, and I even spoke at my mother's funeral, you know, even, it was just amazing how because she said that, that could happen because I was like really, you know, just going, how are you doing? I'm good, you know, and, you know, laughing and stuff with them and, you know, why they bring food or whatever, you know, with the cousins, with the family members and stuff. And it's like, that's what my mother would have wanted me to do because that's what she would have done. With my mother, she was in a nursing home for, and she was with me for five years as a family. And it was so difficult to get in the nursing home, but I had to. And um, that was my grief. For years, that she was a good student. Mm-hmm. So when she died, I truly died. Mm-hmm. Before she said she met us in the green because mm-hmm. I knew she was a good person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was okay at the time she passed. Mm-hmm. Most people, when there's a, a lot of grief, and grief isn't bad or good, it just is, but most people I observe when there's a lot of grief. 
there's something unresolved with with the person. Yeah. Um, there's guilt. Yes. There's anger. There's something there that's not resolved. And uh, also, there can be a very strong attachment. Um, so many times, people have an identification, which is an attachment. I'm identified. Uh, this is my child. I'm identified as the mother. So losing the child, where's my identity now? Right. I know for a brief moment I had cared for my mom for months before she passed. I was a full-time caregiver. And the day that she passed, I had that thought. It was like my child died. Who am I now? I literally had that thought, well, who am I now? Mm -hmm. Right. And then in the months that transpired, uh, there were a couple of times when I would start to feel sad and start to cry. And I noticed that I was thinking the thought, I'm never going to hear my mother's voice again. I'm never going to be able to hug my mother again. And then my higher self would say, why are you telling yourself these things that you know are not true? Why are you doing that? Gently, without you know, <laughs> reprimand, mm -hmm. but just gently. Why? Why is that a thought that you'd like to think? And I realized, yeah, I can hear my mother's voice again. Absolutely. I can feel my mother's touch again. Yeah. We're eternal. This is temporary. <coughs> why am I telling myself these things that aren't true? Yeah. And then I stopped crying and grieving about it. Yeah. yeah. And in your tears here, your crying is about your sadness that you couldn't care for your mother at home anymore. It's too much you know, for you. Culturally, it's not something you do. Right. Our culture is that you have your mother with you. Right. Till she dies. Right. That is extremely difficult for me to do. Right. But my dear friend, Jean, my mentor, she said to me, Allie, you're going into a depression because my because my mother was a fourth child and I, she wasn't growing up. She was getting more and more debilitated and I couldn't, you know, the burden of caring for her. Memory was gone. She didn't want me to bathe her. She argued with me about every little thing because she was in a confusion. And so I just got to a place where I was feeling quite hopeless and I didn't know what to do. And I, and it's amazing. People would say to me, you're never going to get her in the nursing home, Carol. It's going to be months. Do you know that I called the nursing home on a Monday? She was in a condition. Mm. That was her job. Yeah. Because I, I really wasn't mentally able or emotionally able anymore to care for her. She was, it was just too difficult. And Dana was riddled, Dana was riddled with depression. She was in So the family was relatively young when it happened. So my mom was kind of like a fourth child that wasn't growing up. And it's that hard. So, so I didn't go to see her for a month. I said to the nurses, what do I do? You know, how do I handle this? Because she's not going to be happy that she's here. She's going to know. She said, then don't come for a while. Let her get, you know, let her get adjusted. Let her, you know. So the first time I went, she goes, Jean, how could you do this to me? I was like, bring me out now. <laughs> but it was, it was okay. It was okay. 
<laughs> then she got to a place where I think you really know me. And she said, he knows you. Mm. But she didn't know my name. But <laughs> and then I just felt comical. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, she <laughs> that was a good experience. Well, I <laughs> would have loved my mom. She was the first one. <laughs> she was. She was adorable. <laughs> yeah, she watched cartoons with Dana. <laughs> she did whatever the kids wanted to do, she was watching. She just was happy to be there. And these are the things that people <laughs> go through in their life that they're going to need counseling and support for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are going through things that you have never been through. But that doesn't mean that you don't have the resources to support them and help them. Because really, being able to be lovingly understanding, to mm -hmm. express compassion, mm -hmm. that's the thing that people are most going to benefit from yeah. in the counseling. An opportunity, like you were talking about, Tammy, just to share how you felt, mm -hmm. share what your thoughts were to be able to get it out there because many people, they literally, they don't know how they feel, they don't know what they are thinking, and yet they're still being affected by it. They're still suffering mm -hmm. over it mm -hmm. and being able to give them a safe space where they can say anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. angry, you know, and it's like she left and she told me she wasn't gonna leave me. And we talked in the hospital, right, and I wanted to share that. I, you know, those moments that, because I was still like, okay, because I wasn't in the room when she died. And I left to go get something and come back. But in my heart, I knew that she was going on in. I don't know if I was in denial or I was, I don't know. I was waiting for a miracle to happen. You know, I wanted a miracle. But I was, when she died, when my nephew called and said, I had to sit there. Because of all the things, it was just me and her. You know, I just talked to her every day, you know, with Jesus love. So she left. Angry. You know, but then I got okay, so I had to grieve. Mm -hmm. I had to grieve at some things and look at some things and stuff with her, but not with my mother. Right. But with my sister, I had to, like, it's just me and her. So one lady said, and it, it, and it clicked. She said, the reason why you're feeling the way that you felt is you have to grieve and your private spirit, you know, because I used to private, just in front of people, doing the process, just at the grocery store, we're going somewhere, doing something, I was just, I just let it go. I said, y'all, excuse me, look, this is, this is how it is. And they didn't know what to do with that. They didn't know whether to hold me, hug me, tissue, or what. And I said, and just let me, you know, just let me get, get it out, and I'll be okay. And so I, you know, and after that, the lady said, she put the icing on the cake. One of the members at my church, she said, you know, I, I believe what I hear you is that that's why you took it. The grief you wanted to grieve is because you thought that you didn't have nobody else. See, when your mother was living, that went away. You had your sister. So you were fine, you know, could be. There's no one. And I said, yeah, I'm good. There's no one left. It's just me. You know, to lean on or to call or to, to, to complain or to whatever, you know, to her or whatever things about this, because that's the one I used to call to, you know, to talk all kind of crazy stuff or whatever, and then get serious or whatever, and she would hear me. And I said, that's, that's it. I can't call her every day, all day, when I want to call her. 
you let you know. That was crazy. Yeah. But I got okay. Very warm. Because he died of colon cancer. He didn't actually die of colon cancer. But he did. How do you know he didn't have the colon cancer? When you have colon cancer, if you catch it early enough, there's no reason you don't get colon cancer. How do you know? I knew a lot of people. Well, not a lot, but I knew of people that healed from it. So, yeah, I do know he had colon cancer. Yeah. But he didn't try. I, because I, I, it, I think he just kind of did a diving sense of it. I don't know how accurate that was. But he had a very painful life. And so I think that there was a part of him that just wanted to be really good. Yeah. And if that was true, that's fine. But mm -hmm. it wasn't fine for me that's right. at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I it adored my brother all my life. Mm -hmm. He was the best. And when it seems like people die and they don't have to, or uh, that it was avoidable or something like that, we can make these meanings of it. I know. But it doesn't you're help right. us if it doesn't make no. us happy. And that the one of the things is, is really many, many times people have gotten everything they need to get and they're ready to reboot. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing for them. Like I really saw that with my mom that she was ready to reboot. She was like, yeah, I feel complete with this, I'm done, you know? And that, initially, that really bothered me. Yeah. She would never in a million years. You weren't done. <laughs> I wasn't done. You weren't done, but no, she was I wasn't done. done. Yeah, and, I know. And um, yeah. she wouldn't say that. No. no, she, in fact, she said that the thing that bothered her the most was she had promised to, to till death do we part with my father She's like, I'm, I feel like I'm leaving him early and I'm abandoning him and I, that's not my vow. I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. I do appreciate that because, you know, it was my thinking. And yeah, like my friend whose baby died last fall, you know, was only seven months old oh. and had a rare disease that They'd been to the doctor many times. The doctor said it's just a flu, but it wasn't just a flu. And they, you know, and uh, and then when the baby died, what they were like, oh, I'm sorry, misdiagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is when you take a step back, you could see, yeah, it's better for this child to start over again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It really was. Yeah. It was better right. than to yeah. live with the disease and blah, blah, blah. It's better for them to start over again. Mm -hmm. That's rough. It's really rough mm -hmm. to accept that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what anything is for. Mm -hmm. It so mm -hmm. helps me. I was writing about mm -hmm. that in my blog mm -hmm. today. I need that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. do feel present. You do. And, and that you're allowed to have your feelings. It's really important to just acknowledge how you feel. Mm -hmm. You can't move through something if you don't acknowledge it. You just can't. Mm. Uh, you just it becomes then this this thing in a box in a closet you're, you're always yeah. dragging around mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. So this is one of the things that spiritual counseling is about. It's about us acknowledging how we feel, even though we don't know how to deal with it. 
-hmm. You are going to a professional to help us deal with what we can't deal with, to help us look at what we can't look at. And we still may be in that same position with the counselor that even with your help, I still feel uncomfortable looking at it. I mean, I've had many sessions where I got up close to something and I was like, yeah, and that's as close as I can get right now, you know? And the more you work through the old stuff, the more you can be fearless about the cur current stuff and just say, I'd rather look at it than bury it or avoid oh, yeah. it. They do have grief counselors. Yes. Spiritual. Yes. In fact, there's someone in Masterful Living who's not in the counseling program, but who's training to do grief counseling and uh, to do grief support. And, um, and my hope is that she will lead a class in the ministry on grief support. Yeah. There's a lot uh, that can be learned that can be very helpful. Mm -hmm. I, feel like, I feel like I'm kind of like a twin just if you like arrange that as gifts. And I'm, I know that I have it. So I'm kind of wondering, do I hold on to the grief punishment box? You know, if that my, my thought is if the person starting to die who was five and a half and I was 16, it's a long time ago, but I still feel like I'm like, I would like to be the grief, you mm -hmm. know, but the part of the guilt thought is that I abandoned him because mm -hmm. I ran out of the house mm. and it was too hard to, you know, what to do. I didn't know what else to oh, say. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was so, so young. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I hold that against myself mm -hmm. and I know that, but it's like, I'd like to let that go. Mm -hmm. I want to attach myself or mm -hmm. teach myself. Because I don't feel like I'm not attached to him. I don't, don't feel like I can't, you know, communicate the same words I'm not always going to believe. Mm -hmm. But it's more the thought against myself. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. Because it could be attached to, yeah. can be attached to the grief. In um, sense, but yeah. So, have you written a forgiveness letter? No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. But maybe I did at that moment. When there's guilt, there's Brain judgment. Mm. Yeah. So we can we can look at the judgment mm -hmm. through the forgiveness letter or just looking at the judgment. Mm -hmm. And and talk doing a session about it. There's these are all ways to release that feeling of guilt. Mm -hmm. So is that that's where your forgiveness works then? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a date in June. It, it's uh, guilt and judgment go together. And it's about bringing the darkness to the light. And awareness is curative. Awareness is healing. And that's what we're offering to others. Mm-hmm is that safe space to really look at it. And sometimes part of that looking at it is really feeling it fully for the first time. And we avoid it because we think we're gonna just be devastated by it. We think we're gonna be permanently wounded by it. When actually we can 
the, the wound is festering and not healing because we're avoiding looking at it. Yeah, it's sometimes we talk about just calling a thing a thing, you know, calling it what it is, which is you're judging yourself that you should have done something different. So one of the things you might do, uh, so I'm giving you several ideas that you could do. You could have a picture of yourself at that age and do a spoken forgiveness letter to yourself at that age, looking at that picture. Because looking at a picture of yourself at that age, I would feel very confident that you would have a very hard time judging that little girl. to let it go. when people are crying and letting it go like that, I'll just say, I cry, let it go, let it go. And then the people that are with you, it's so funny as I look at it, they'd be like, they don't know what to do. They're they like, don't know what to do. They're like. But you can help them by telling them. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so Jenny's went like this. <laughs> that, that, that tells me she wants to go inward. Mm -hmm. She wants to keep her focus inward. That's telling me she's covering her eyes. She doesn't want to see what we're mm -hmm. thinking. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to talk. She's covering her face. Mm -hmm. So that would be a signal to me she doesn't want to be, as a friend, that she wouldn't want to be touched. She wouldn't want, she just wants to go within. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a good signal. And letting people know. And if you're feeling like me, my, I would let it go, and my friend could be driving, and she. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and then I would have it, and then she just, um, I wouldn't cover nothing. I will just yeah. the tissue. And yeah. Like that. Then after a while, I'll say, you know, thank you. I said, it's not, I said, thank you. Yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, you know, I tell her it hurt, but she's like over there like. Yeah. Whenever you see me doing this, just just be you, do you, and you know, I'll 
tell you. Thank you. You know, whatever I need to tell you when I get done. Yeah, and Jenny's reliving something where she felt ashamed. She felt guilty. She told us that. So that makes sense that she would feel this and this body language would help us to understand how she's feeling. You know, you, you said to us that you're someone who cries a lot. So someone who cries a lot can learn what to say to help other people in the moment. Just like, I'm good, just let me cry. You know? You can let people know. So we can learn. And it's also, it's always to really be in the present moment, ask spirit, am I to do anything now? Am I to say anything now? A lot of times one of the most helpful things that anyone can say is, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Meaning, I'm okay if you cry. It's okay if you cry. It's also saying like, Life is okay, even though this stuff happens, it's all okay. You know, but that wouldn't work with everything. You know, so it, that's why you have to be present in the moment and see how you're feeling. And like what Mr. Dinsula has been doing in service, mm -hmm. uh, my cousin Kay was bit by me, mm -hmm. and I just felt too, and she just took my hand and put it in her bosom. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that was like, yeah. Oh my yeah. God, it's like I just went in. It was like, that's right. It, and she had never, you know, me and her don't communicate, you know, verbally with each other because she was always joking me and always, you know. But that particular time, she just came. I was sitting, and then my cousin was sitting. My older cousin, she's about eighty something, and she was sitting near me, so my other cousin came around and she asked her, you know, to move over and she came and sat and then she just took my head and put it in her bosom like that. And she had a towel she had and she just like I was a baby or something. So and you know, after I thought about it, it was like it was just felt so good, you know. Yeah. That's it. So sometimes we can say to somebody I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm really sorry. And then other times we can say, they lived a great life. They lived a great life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it depends. You have to, you train yourself to be present to spirit guiding you. And if we're, we're trying <coughs> to figure it out based on our history, we're, we'll be off a beat. But we can learn to be present to what's actually most helpful in the moment. And it's time for us to wrap up, but you were, were you gonna share something, Steve? I was looking for a cell phone charger, so I took pictures uh -huh. <laughs> of my batteries dead. <laughs> well, I'll send pictures to everybody, so. We do a picture now? Yes, we're gonna pray out. We're gonna take our things over to the. Um, Ready, 12-12. There you go. There you go. So, let's hold hands. Oops. Yes.
So let's just look at each other just a moment here. The people we've been on this intensive journey with. Always sharing this opening. All right. I w if, if you would not like to be on a roster that I'll send to everyone, just let me know. But I otherwise, I'll send a roster to everyone. I'll send pictures to everyone. I'll send everybody the yoga video and the yoga instructions and anything else you can think of that will be brought up. I'll, I'll share with you as well. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. So grateful and thankful that we've given ourselves this gift of healing and transformation. So grateful that the love of God is shining in our awareness now and forevermore. We are grateful to dedicate ourselves to living a good, loving life. And truly, we share the benefits with all because we're one with them. So we naturally share with everyone we will ever come in contact with. So grateful to know that we are blessed and we are a blessing. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Inside or outside the pictures? Outside? Well, we had said we were going to take it in the... Um, Dining room? Yeah, on the stairs oh, there. Really? Underneath the Can skylight. Can we stuff up in the hood? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave... Oh, okay.